Hi, this is Eddie Markham, pastor of River of Life Church, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for taking the time and listening to our podcast. Hopefully you're going to be inspired and impacted by our message today. I also want to let you know what's going on here at River of Life. God has just been blessing us, and we have outgrown our facility, and the time has come for us to get into a new building. We need to get into a bigger building. So we have kicked off a building campaign this year, and we are moving forward. And God is blessing it. So we are reaching out to you, our podcast listening audience. And just want to encourage you that if you would like to participate and make a donation into our building fund, please head over to our website. It's www.rol-ag.com. And right on the homepage there is a little donate button. Click on that. Follow the instructions and just sow your seeds, sow into this ministry and help us make this happen. I want to say thank you in advance, and I pray God continue to bless you and impact your life as you listen to the ministry at River of Life. We're going to do a little mini-series over the next three weeks. Um, I I want to stir your expectation. I want to build your expectation over the next three weeks. And then we're going to have another outpouring service on that first Saturday in March. And on that night when we come together, if you were at the last one, just ask somebody how good it was. We don't have any child care on that night because we want all of our volunteers to to get uh, blessed. And and, and listen, like Joyce Meyer always says, sometimes you got to hire a babysitter to go to a conference or go to something like that. We used to get a babysitter when we would go out for the night. Come on, somebody. Sometimes if you got to get a babysitter, let me encourage you, try to find you a babysitter. I would love for everyone to try to make it out that night. And all we do is we go after God and we let God be God. And I want to build your expectation over the next three weeks leading up to that night for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that here today in John chapter 3. What is that? I've heard about it. Almost for three weeks, I'm going to unpack that. I'm going to teach you and tell you about it, and I'm going to build your expectation on this. Chapter 3 of Luke, this man is on the scene. His name is John, John the Baptist. And a lot of people are coming out. I want you to notice all the different types of people that are coming out to John. That's what I love about church. Very few things bring such a diversity together. Sports, it's one of those things that's kind of cool. You can see people come together. I remember going to, you know, uh, shopping and at the, I think it was, uh, I can't remember what store. And, and uh, you go into the one TV room and all the guys are in there watching the Michigan game on a Saturday. And uh, I'll never forget that and ended up hanging out with this guy. And we're watching Michigan tear up Spartans. No, I don't know who they were playing. <laughs> I don't know who they were playing. But this dude next to me, man, all of a sudden got excited. Just like one of those commercials. He was like, yeah, and he hugged me. And I was like, you know what? For a moment, I was like, yeah. Then I was like, who is this guy? You know, and it's kind of weird. Sports kind of does that thing, right? But let me tell you another thing that does is our faith, is the church. But what I love about the church is it helps us unite, not just in our emotions, but in our spirit. That's good. Get a hold of that. So watch all the different types of people coming out in verse 10. The people asked John saying, what shall we do then? And he answered and he said to them, this is after they got water baptized. He he says to him, he who has two tunics, let him give. Everybody say give. Look, Look at that word give. Give to him who has none and he who has food, let him do likewise. Then the tax collectors, here's these tax collectors. They also came out to be baptized And they said, teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, 
collect no more than what is appointed for you. Everybody say honest. He's telling them to be honest as a tax collector. Likewise, the soldiers, look at the military come out. Military folks are out there. And they said to him, okay, what shall we do? He said to them, don't intimidate no one. Don't use your authority to intimidate people or accuse them falsely and be content with your wages. Man, that's good. Everybody say content. Man, that's a hard thing for us to do. Look at verse 15. Now all the people were in expectation. After he said that, they're still still excited about something more. And here's our verse for the day. Well, look what it says. They were were in expectation, and they all reasoned in their minds that, that, is this John the Jesus? Is he Jesus Christ? So John answered, and he said to him, no, I'm not Jesus. I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal straps I'm not even worthy to loosen. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Come on, somebody. How many got baptized last week? We got some folks here that was baptized last week. Amen. Let's give it up to them. Isn't that an awesome thing to see that? They got water baptized. These people got water baptized. And I had another series set for this week, for this whole next three weeks. And God said, no, I want you to do this because I want to baptize some people with the Holy Spirit. And those of you that have had this experience, I want you to know that God wants you to be refilled. How many would admit there's room for more of God in your life? That's all I'm saying here today. So I want to title this next three weeks, this title that says, there's more to come. Tell somebody there's more to come. Help me 1130. There's more to come. There's more to come. I hope you know that when you serve God that you're never going to get to the place where you got everything, know everything, been there. You should always come with an attitude of expectancy to say, God, I don't care how long I've been serving you. I believe there's more for me. I believe you've got more for me. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. There's more. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your promises. Here's one of them, God, that you have more for us. And I pray that, God, our hearts would be just lit up today with expectation. Every person, on every level, that, God, we would expect more from you. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Tell a couple people on your way down, there's more to come. There's more to come. There's more to come. (coughs) There's more to come. There's more to come. I'm going to get right into this today. Is it okay if I get right into this today? Are you guys ready for the word today? Are you ready for the word today? Amen. I believe you are. You're ready for the word. I believe God, and I I know God is going to do some amazing things. He's already doing so many amazing things. Someone told me uh, this morning on the way to church at the 930 service, he got a call from his sister who lives out of state, out of the blue, calls him and starts talking on the phone, and she says, will you pray with me? I want to give my heart to Jesus Christ. Someone got saved before church even started that lived in another state. Now, come on. If that was your sibling, you'd be kind of happy. You've got some praise for that. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. And they, they just, you know, they just said, pray for me. I want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and that's just such a blessing. God is doing things. God is doing things. And he wants to do more in our lives. I want you to know that God has got more for you. He's got more for me. Well, in verse 10, if you noticed it, uh, John the Baptist, they're coming out, they're getting baptized. And the, and the question, they, all, they were all different, but they all asked the same question. And it's right there in verse 10, and that is, what's next? Everybody say, what's next? 
They said, what's next, John? I've been water baptized. I've repented of my sins. What does that mean? That means turning from my sins. Uh, and that's what water baptism represents. It represents the old going down, the new coming up. That's saying, God, I've turned away from these sins. And it's important. Follow me. I've, re- I've repented from these sins. I've turned away from them. And I want this new life in you. Okay, they did that. Awesome. And they said in verse 10, okay, what's next? So he gives them three points. And I'm not, I'm not preaching this today, but it's good to write down. The first thing he says is he says, you need to learn to give. You've got two tunics. You've got two jackets. And someone has need of one. Share. Everybody say share. Share. That's what he says. He says, and it's amazing how he says it. We've been talking about it at offering time all along, but it says it right here's a perfect example. One of the first things that you'll learn to do is, is start to give. And, and I remember that. I remember him coming into the church and learning, learning to give. And it's, it's amazing how that is. So he says, learn to give. And then he says also, uh, learn to be honest. How many know we need to change some of these habits of not being honest? Amen. So he says, now, now that you're a Christian, start being an honest person. Three of you said amen. Start be, how, many, how many like to be lied to? Okay, that's what none of us do. So he's like, hey man, you're a Christian. You need to start working on being honest. And then the third thing he said was be content. Ooh, that's a big one. Man, be content. Because we always want to look around and see what other people have and, and look on social media especially and we see all this stuff and then, man, we want to want that. The Bible says this very powerful scripture. Paul says don't compare yourself with yourselves because that is not wise. Don't compare yourself. You've got to realize that God is going to do what he wants to do in your life, in his timing, and in his way. And so just trust him. So he says, he says, be content with that. So he tells them to give. He tells them to be honest. And he's, and he's telling them to be content. He's basically telling them, welcome to Christianity. It's a new life. Everybody say it's a new life. It's a new habit. It's a new lifestyle. So they're taking notes. They're like, okay, give. I got that. It's a little scripture. Be honest. Okay, I got that. Uh, be content with what I have. You know, that's cool. And so they write that down. Then look at verse 15. And the people were still expecting more. Isn't that good? And that's what I hope you are all here today. You're expecting more. You're expecting more from God. How many is expecting more from God this year? And I don't really mean physical things necessarily, but expecting more, you should have an expectancy uh, that God wants to do more and he has more for you and for me. So verse 15, they begin to say, okay, we got all that, John, got it. Honest, give, contentment, boom. And then he goes, verse 17, he says, this is what you need to expect from what God wants to do to you and in your life. And he says, I've baptized you with water, which was an awesome ordeal, Thousands of people came out to get baptized by John in the River Jordan. Uh, those of us that went to Israel a couple of years ago, how many went to Israel with me? How many Israel people we got with you? Amen. We got to be baptized in the River Jordan. Uh, coldest and nastiest water on planet Earth. Just be real. I mean, the bugs were flying around. There were people from Africa there. There were people basically from every continent of the world. They were there. And uh, what was amazing is these white doves, these doves were all around. I mean, it was just like crazy how that was. Remember when Jesus came out, dove came down? Okay. Anyway, uh, 
But that was an experience, man, to be baptized in the River Jordan. And people were shouting, I don't know, because the water was cold or they felt something in their spirit. But what, a, what an amazing experience that was. And water baptism is awesome. I rejoice to see my friends getting baptized and so many in our church. And what a privilege it was to baptize to my family, uh, LaDon and them. It was it's just, an, just an amazing thing. You remember when you got baptized? You remember when you came into the Christian faith, how amazing that was? That's really, really good. Well, John says, as amazing as that is when you first come into the Lord, and I want to talk to you that's been saved for a little while. He says, just as refreshing as that was, I want you to know that there's one that's mightier than I that's coming, and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Let me tell you that God wants to do something fresh in every single one of your lives. He wants to set you on fire and make you a passionate follower of Jesus Christ. Woo! I'm excited about that. Verse 15 was the key. And he says that he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. This is a spiritual experience that will change your life forever. And on the night of our outpouring service, over the next three weeks, I'm going to build your expectation. I'm going to show you in the Bible what a difference maker it is to have this spiritual experience. Those of you that's been filled with the Spirit, you'll find in the book of Acts that many prayed to get filled again because you need more of God in this crazy world. A little dab won't do you in this world. You got to stay filled. You got to constantly, in fact, in the book of Ephesians, Paul tells us, he says, do not be drunk on wine. It's funny how he uses alcohol as an analogy. He says, do not be drunk on wine, which leads to dispensation or destruction, but be filled, and it means constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. What is he saying? Don't be under the influence of something that can cause you to do things you regret. But be under the influence that will bring you into a whole new life and a whole new experience. Woo! Come on, somebody. Tell somebody, I want to get under the influence today. Come on, tell somebody, I want to get under the influence today. Amen. How many want to get under the influence of the Holy Spirit? I mean, then he begins to open it up in Ephesians, and he says, man, your mind will change. Your attitude will change. Your behavior will change. The way you look at life will change. I feel good already. What's happening? He says, you're drinking that new wine. How many want some new wine in the place? That's what I'm talking about. That's what Jesus is offering us. And there's no hangover, no regrets. Woo! Come on, somebody. That's a Holy Spirit. And he's got many analogies in the Bible because it's all to, to try to uh, relate to us uh, of what God wants to do in our lives. So I want to build your expectation. So he, with this analogy, and it's in verse 17, and I'm only going to use this one verse and kind of bring it up. Uh, unpack it for us real quick. It's a farming analogy. Any farmers here? Yeah, Allison and Paul and Herb and was raised. Amen. On the, okay, so most of us don't really get a lot. How many are city folk? Okay, so how many know what a threshing floor is? Okay, yeah. Bible people know what that is. Okay, so he's going to use a farming analogy, but don't get lost in the farming analogy. Never get lost in, in the Bible words. The Bible talks and uses analogies, and don't get lost in that. There is a powerful illustration of what he's using here, and I'm going to try bringing it out. So in verse 17, uh, by the way, the graphics look sweet. Felicia, our media, man, they do an awesome job. Isn't that awesome? And uh, 
But he says here in verse 17, and he, the Holy Spirit, this is happening when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. He, he, they're listening to him, water's dripping off their heads, and they're going, whoo, that felt good. And he goes, man, you ain't seen nothing yet. He's going to baptize you. Jesus is coming. Someone mightier than I. I cannot even unlace his Jordans. That's what he's saying. He, in other words, he says, I'm not even worthy to touch his shoes. And he thought what I did was cool to baptize you in some water. Wait till the Son of God shows up because he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And amen. That was their response. It was like, yeah. And he goes, this is how it's going to be. He will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat. And we'll talk about the rest. But look at it. Thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. I want you to get this. Thoroughly clean out the threshing floor. This was uh, something that the farmers would use when they harvested the wheat. They would harvest the wheat and they would, uh, threshing floor was a flat surface where they would lay the wheat down and they would actually beat the wheat really hard. And sometimes they would use some tools to do this. They didn't have machinery and they were trying to separate the wheat from the chaff, as he says later in this verse. He's trying to separate the good things from the bad things. And it's a violent uh, system. It's a violent process, but it has beautiful results. And uh, come on, Tomas, I know you're getting it. And he's saying, I'm, God's getting ready to bring you through this experience, and you want to go deeper in God. And I want you to be excited about it, but I know it's going to get a little, I want you to know it's going to be a little messy. In other words, it's going to be a little bit of shaking going on. It's going to, be, going to be a little bit of pressure going on. And if you feel yourself in, in, in a pressure season right now, I want you to know that there's no need for panic because God is just preparing you for something better that's on the other side of this season. I'm going to clap for that right now. I hear you, Pastor Eddie. So it's going to be a little, a little bit of a process, a little violent, a little different, but it's going to be thoroughly clean, thoroughly clean. So there was a mess that was left on the threshing floor. And so he would come. He said, I'm going to clean up because when you begin to make a change for God and you're living your life this way and you begin to follow God, it begins to get a little messy. I mean, you're like not used to that. You're used to doing this. You're used to following this, whatever the flesh wants to do. But now you're turning and following the Bible and you're confused. You got these thoughts. You got these broken relationships. You got these doubts. You got this flesh. You got this mind. It's a little bit of messy. Is it just me? And so he's saying, I got a cure for that. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. He's going to come in and he's going to thoroughly clean you. Amen. Now stick with me. When they first said, what now? He gave them those three things. Those are like behavior modifications, giving, be honest, be content. Okay. And that's all good. We need to do those. But I want you to know, God wants more than just behavior modification. He wants heart transformation. He don't want behavior modification. He wants a heart transformation. Hear me today. And that's what John's saying. It's good that you give. It's good that you're honest. It's good that you're being content. But it's not about changing your behaviors. Oh, I'm going somewhere. It's about God transforming the very inside of who you are. You want a scripture for that? Ezekiel tells us, he tells us about this. Look how he words it. I will give you, says God, I will give you a new heart 
and I will put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh. Look at that. I will take the heart of stone, that old hard heart that don't feel nothing, don't believe nothing, don't respond to nothing, don't like to worship, don't like to do anything good. It's just hard. It's just the word can't get in there and it, and it can't take root. Why? Nothing's wrong with the word. It's all wrong with the heart. God says, I'm going to fix that. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to take the heart of stone out, and I'm going to put the heart of flesh in. What does that mean? The heart that's got compassion, the heart that is teachable, the heart that is pliable, the heart that's not going to get so offended all the time and so touchy and always this and always that. The heart that's, okay, God, whatever you want to do, and in your timing, I'm going to do Why you're flexible. God says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Tell somebody God's working on it. God's working on it. I'm going to give you a new heart with a new, that's going to be sensitive, that's going to be compassionate, that's going to be teachable. Watch this. And I will put my spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit. This is, this is salvation. This is, this is the work of the Holy Spirit in my favorite part. I will take your heart out, put a new heart in, put my spirit in you. And I love this. This blew my mind. Years ago, 21 years ago, when I read this verse, and I caught this. And it will cause you to walk in my statutes and in my judgments. In other words, I, wanna, I, I, I don't want to just give you a list of do's and don'ts. I want to change the inner part of who you are so that it will cause you. You don't even understand why, but you all of a sudden want to do things that you didn't want to do. You start to love the things you hated and start to hate the things you love. What's happening? Inner transformation is what's happening. His spirit is working in on the inside of you. That's what that is. That's what that is. Ezekiel said, I'm not into you just changing some of your behaviors. You know, people say, you know, I, I go to church. And okay, I go to Burger King <laughs> or Taco Bell or God's favorite restaurant, Chick-fil-A. Yes, amen. Okay, that's, that's whatever that, uh, you get my point. There's, coming to church is something that we should do. Like going to a restaurant is something you do when you're hungry. I mean, it's good, but don't mistake uh, going to church is the same as being a Christ follower, okay? I don't want, I, I just want to shake us up a little bit. That's good that we're coming to church, but John the Baptist is out there telling them, listen, there's more than in just going underneath the water. There's more than just that. It's more about God is wanting to make you a Christ follower. And don't worry, you can't do it on your own. I'm going to do it by my spirit. Yes. Now that's good news for some of us. Who have tried to do this thing our own way, in our own selves. Have you ever tried a new leaf, tried to do something? This is beginning of the year. Everybody tries it. Usually you try in the flesh. I tried. I got saved in November. Man, I went through my house and I got rid of everything that I thought would be offensive to God. I got rid of anything that would lead me into temptation. And that's good. I have no problem. That's called radical repentance. And uh, when, you're a, when you're living a radical sinful life, you need a radical repentance. And I needed a radical church. I needed a pastor that's going to get in my face and preach the word like I'm preaching you. I could not have survived if I went to some of these churches that just do what they do. And I'm not bashing any churches. I'm just saying, I needed somebody to preach the word to me. I like somebody to give it strong. Come on, somebody. I need somebody to say, hey, this is what God is saying to you. Wake up. I need to feel something when I hear the word. I need, I need to feel the presence of God when I go to church. I don't know about you. 
I, I need that word. And, and that's, what, that's what I preach, and that's how I do it. Amen. That's how we do that, because that's what will change your life. But listen, I made all those changes, and I was good November, December. I even turned down this big party that we all went to for New Year's Eve, and it was a big, big deal. It was a big deal. And I said no, and all of this, and I began to go to church, and I remember right around January, I began to feel, I'm 25 years old, I began to feel a little bit of the world and the pressure and, and the newness, the honeymoon stage wore off. The newness car smell began to wear off, you know, and I began to feel a little bit complacent, a little bit like stale, and I don't know, and I began to look at things, and, and uh, what was going on, I started reading the Word of God, and I started learning about this thing called the Holy Spirit. And how Jesus said that, he said, I'm going back to heaven after I raise again from the dead. And his disciples said, no, 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 Jesus. He said, no, 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 it's good that I go to heaven. Because if I'm going to heaven, I'm going to send back to you the helper, the Holy Spirit. He said, so don't be sad that I'm going to heaven. Be happy because I'm going to send back the Holy Spirit that's going to help you in your everyday life. And I'm going to say, okay, okay, I got Jesus in my life. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. But what's this Holy Spirit thing? And I begin to read a little bit more about the Holy Spirit. And I begin to come across this scripture right here. And what God is saying, he said, Eddie, you made some behavior modifications. But I want to do an inward transformation. And what I want to help you do is I want to help purify you. I want to, I want to give you purity that is in the eyes of God. Purity by the Holy Spirit. Not, not just behavior changes. I, I want to I give you purity. Uh, I want to help you with your spiritual purity. And that's what he's saying. Thoroughly cleanse you from the inside out. Man, that's good. So purity, if you're, if you're taking notes, and if I had a couple of words, the first one would be purity is what he's saying. The Holy Spirit is going to help us do and help us live. And if you've been impure, which we've all been impure, I love God because he can recycle us and he can make us pure again. What can make us clean again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's why we took that little communion. We, we were celebrating the fact that we all have been sinners. We all have been broken. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But because of his death, we're all made, we're all able to be pure in Christ again. Someone say purity. purity. Hallelujah, that's good stuff. He will thoroughly clean out the threshing, the threshing floor. And then he says in verse 17, he says, and then I will gather the wheat into his barn. I will, I will gather the wheat into his barn. What does that mean? If you look at, the, at, a, at, a, at a farm when it's during harvest season, like I said, it's messy, and, and the farmer begins to harvest the wheat, uh, what they do is they lay wheat all over the place, but then the next step is to gather the wheat and to bundle them up and to bring them into the barn. In other words, there's a separation that begins to take place. And what God is saying is when the power of the Holy Spirit, when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's not only a cleaning that he does, that's thorough cleaning, but there is a healing, a separation that needs to happen between us and our old life. There, there, there is a sifting, a separation that he wants to do. And bring us out and bring us into his barn. Bring us into his presence. Listen, you can't get healed in the same environment that hurts you. You, you can't expect to get healed living in the same environment that hurt you. 
So God says, I'm, I love you just the way you are, messed up from the tore up from the floor up, right? I, I love you just like that, but I love you too much to leave you the way you are. Help me today. So I want to give you my spirit that's going to clean you with some soap. Even the Bible even calls the Holy Spirit soap. You ever try to wash something without soap? Nope. Yeah. Okay. Everybody but her. Amen. No. You ever wash something with soap with water? It don't get it clean. You ever go to a car wash? And, and, and when I was a youth pastor, we used to always have car washes, car washes for everything. And, and I remember some of them cars started coming back and be like, okay, they just got my car wet. Because after it dries, you see just big swirls on the side of it. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. So I said, so I looked around and none of the buckets had soap. You got to put soap in the buckets. And when you put soap in the buckets, it also makes it a lot more easier. And then that, that somehow that, that God is saying, hey, some of y'all been trying to wash yourself with new New Year's resolutions. Some of you tried to make some changes in your life. You're just using water. Let me give you some soap. Let me give you some power that's going to really bring true change. That when you walk down the street, people are going to go, Woo, where did you get your car washed? And you're going to say, A river of life. Come on, follow me. There's enough for everybody. Get in the river, baby. Are you river ready? Come on. Hallelujah. Woo. So he says, I want to clean you up. That's the soap. That's the soap. And then he says, I also want to gather you to myself. And when he says that, God spoke to me and he says, that's when I start bringing you into a more intimate relationship with me so you can discover your purpose. Write down purpose. You get on fire for God, you will soon start to find your purpose. Passion is what what will always lead you to your purpose. What are you passionate about? People say, I don't know what God's called me to do. What do I do, Pastor Eddie? Get on fire for God. Once you get on fire for God, all of a sudden doors begin to open. All of a sudden you're clear of what, crystal clear of what God wants you to do. And there's a separation that happens. There's this, okay, I wasn't going to mention it, but I guess I will. There's this dude flying around on the internet right now. And um, he takes, bless his heart, he takes the, you guys have seen him, he takes Ephesians 6 and starts breaking down the armor of God. Jesus Christ! So yes, I just said it. You know who he is? And he's breaking in, into the, in, I mean, someone sent me that about a month ago. I was dying. And, and, and he was just getting it, bro. He, Jesus Christ! And he's doing the armor of God, and he's like breaking it down. I was dying when I saw it. <laughs> How many saw that video? Okay, I was going to show it, and y'all be dying right now anyway, but here. But... Then I, then I begin to look at it, and it's like the Holy Spirit said, hold up, Eddie, did you see something? <laughs> he said, did you see something? And I don't know if, if you missed it, but I had to look at it again, and I had to look real close at what I was seeing. And God says, don't get caught up on whatever that is he's doing. Did you see that the brother has passion? Yes. And when you have passion, you'll get up in front of a stage and you don't care who's laughing and who's looking. And why is it that we can get passionate about anything else in the world? We can get passionate about sports. We can get passionate about a relationship. We can get passionate about a job. We can get passionate about a new house. We can get passionate about some, some of them get a sale at Myers and you get passionate and we get excited and we go woo and we get, but when you get excited and passionate about Jesus, we seem to have people look at you like this. 
Can I remind you of what King David did as the king? I'm going to have to have my own atmosphere this morning because I'm not getting no help from the 1130 crowd. I want some people with some passion today that say, hey, I love God and I don't care who's watching. I'm going to stand up on my feet. I want you to stand up on your feet even right now. Come on, if you've got some passion, I want you to stand up right now. And why don't you try giving God about a 10-second hand clap and give him a praise. Come on. Come on. Boy, I wish I had, woo. Come on, give him some praise. Passion. Everybody say passion. You're good, God. You've been so good to us. If you don't do another thing, God, if you don't do another thing for us, that's all right. Because you've already done so many great things for us. Hallelujah, Jesus. So I look at my brother up there. Now he's coming to churches. They're bringing him on. My one pastor friend, Chris, that down there had him in Georgia. Big mega church. He's up on the stage. Jesus Christ. And he's going to town. And he's doing his little robot. He put a little helmet of salvation out. And then you learn that he was an ex-gangbanger. He, he was involved with drugs. And he was in prison. And he's he did a lot of vile things in his life. And now he's up in the church on the stage. And he's just loving on God. And he said, I don't care how people are going to make fun of me. I'm going to be passionate for my Jesus. Amen. Come on, give me praise. You can be seated. Let me finish this up. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm with that guy. What, what, what was that doing? Listen, listen, your passion will separate you. And your passion will separate you from the crowd. It is separate. There's a separation that the Holy Spirit begins to do. And say, man, I f sometimes you'll feel like maybe you're all alone. You're not in isolation. You're in preparation. I remember when I first got saved, I felt like I lost, you know, everything. I was just me and my wife and my two kids going to work, going to church. I felt all alone. Guys at work weren't including me in the conversations. And I remember going out to my car for lunch. And, and, and just uh, finally I got the job where I drove my truck, which was a blessing because I finally got out of there. But there was a while he didn't open up any new doors. I had to sit there in the warehouse every day and just put up with this. And these guys talking. And, you know, I, I wasn't all holy and religious. I was me. I was Eddie. I was, you know, still being myself. And we would talk. But it was different. I, I wasn't invited no more to go to the things after work on Friday. And that kind of stung a little bit as a young man uh, coming up. And, but I remember, I said, God, it's just me. What's happening? And, and God began to say, I, I got you not in isolation, but it's in preparation. I'm letting my spirit begin to separate you. And I'm doing a work for you because I got a plan. Hear me today. Because I got a plan and a purpose for your life. And when you're intimate with God and the Holy Spirit just brings your prayer life to another whole level, when, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you get a prayer language. You begin to pray in another language. Your spirit. I remember praying and prayed everything I knew in five seconds when I first started praying. You remember that? You did, maybe some of you were there now and you're praying and you, like, you do everything and you like look down, well, I might as well run the vacuum. Is there something on the ground, and I, I remember having those prayer times. But let me tell you something. John tells us here that when the Holy Spirit comes, 
He will gather you into the barn. He'll gather you in for your purpose. That's where the, he's saying you're going to be more intimate with the farmer. You're, you're coming in because he's, he's separating you because he has a plan and a purpose for your life. It's like when you walk down the field of a harvest uh, field like this and you would see the mess of the wheat. You would go, wow, they've been really doing work. But then you walked into the barn and you saw the rows and rows of the wheat nice and neatly stacked. What? Set aside for a purpose. That's what God wants to do in your life. So there's a sifting. There's a setting aside. And don't get mad if you're in the desert, if you're in the wilderness. Every great man and woman of God had to go through a season of isolation. But that's where characters develop. That's where leadership is developed. That's where your praise is developed. That's where you become a man and a woman of God. It's not on the stage. It's in the wilderness. It's in the wilderness. It's being in that pressure. And that's what God wants to do. And that's just what John is saying. John is saying the Holy Spirit's going to baptize you. And you're going to get on fire. And let your fire burn, baby. Don't try to put it out. Don't worry about what people's going to say. You be you. And I remember that. I remember the first time I wore a Christian t-shirt. That was big for me. And I first wore a coat. So you wouldn't see it. Then when I got to church, I took it off. What's up? You know, Wednesday used to be Christian T-shirt day. Anybody remember that? I don't know if we still do that, but back in the 90s and the early 2000s, Wednesday nights was Christian T-shirt day. You remember that, Dan? And uh, all the churches, we, we belonged to a very large mega church, and everybody had the Christian T-shirts and the WWJD. What would Jesus do? Which they're making a comeback. This young man has one on. W- How many remember the WWJD? Okay. What would Jesus do? Remember that? Those were those days. And I remember it took me everything to put that thing on. I thought everybody was going to say when I walked, you know, seen me, oh, look, he's got a Christian t-shirt on. And that's just the way I was thinking. But I remember after I began to get full of the Holy Spirit, hear me today, I began to be able to walk right into Southland Mall. Watch it now with no coat on. And I had that scripture. I still have it. It was Ephesians. Be strong in the power of his might. I never forget this woman come up. She looked at it, and I saw her looking at it. I was like, okay, uh, here it comes. <laughs> She's going to come up and say, here, I was expecting all of this to happen. And she come all the way out of my way. I said, here she come. And she comes. She goes, that is an awesome shirt. And you being young like you are, I'm telling you that just, you know what? I got a young man. How old are you? And I said, I'm 25. She said, I got a son that's 25, and he's, he's addicted to drugs, and he's not serving the Lord. Can you pray for him right now? Right here in Southland Moss. I said, right here? <laughs> she's, like, she's like, yeah. I said, yes. I grabbed her by her hands. And in Southland Mall, with my little Jesus shirt, I began to pray for her son. I remember one time me and my friend came to church on a Sunday night, and we sat kind of in the back. My girls were sick, and they didn't go. It was just me and my friend went. We sat all the way in the back. We had the WWJD bracelets on. This new family to the church came, and they sat behind us. It was a whole family. And we're worshiping. During the greeting time, we, everyone's churches do that. We, you know, greet time. He goes, the dad said, hey, can I ask you something? What's, what's all those bracelets that everybody's wearing? And I said, uh, those are WWJD. It means what would Jesus do? And he goes, oh, okay. And uh, they started laughing. I said, what? Because I didn't know, you know, it was a, what, what, it, what it was. Something as simple as that. They didn't even understand what that was. And she spoke up and she said, you guys being in church like this, let me just tell you that this was at the end of the service. This lady spoke up. She goes, you two being in the church like this at your age, I just want you to know, I don't know nothing about you, but it just, it's so refreshing to me to see you in church on a Sunday night worshiping God. She had no idea that I've been battling with this friend of mine trying to get him to come to church, and he felt like he was all by himself. And for her, when he heard her say that, it just totally lit him up. 
Can I tell you, you never know what God can do through your life through a simple act of obedience, through a simple act of saying, yes, I'm going to go to church today. Some of you might not have felt like coming to church today, but I want you to know I'm glad you came because it encourages me and helps me to preach. It's hard preaching to empty seats. So I'm glad that you came today. And I think you're glad that you came today because guess who's here? One mightier than I. Someone that can baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Come on. Won't you stand with me? Won't you stand with me while I give you the last and final point? And he says in the last part in verse 17, he will thoroughly clean you. Someone say purity. I will gather you like a weed into the barn. That's a discovering our purpose. And then finally he says, I will burn away the chaff. That's a purge that needs to happen. What does purge mean? I'm not talking about that Netflix series. I'm talking about to remove the unwanted. Listen to this. Listen to this. It means to remove the unwanted. Hear me today. John is saying, when you get filled with a baptism in the Holy Spirit, come on, Steve, when the Holy Spirit baptizes you, hear me today, he will clean you up on the inside. It's not about following rules no more. You're going to want to follow God even more. Secondly, you're going to discover your purpose because you're spending more time in his presence. You're spending more quality time in his presence. Now I can pray for an hour on the very first verse of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, I can tear that up and pray that for an hour, talking about how God you are in heaven. You are, first of all, my Father. I can call you my Father. And I can just begin to do that. Why? Because I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And then I'll begin to pray. And then lastly, he says, I want to get rid of what is unwanted in your life. What is unwanted in your life? Is it a bad experience that is just haunting you, won't let you go? You want to get on fire for God, but you've got this thing that is just there, this depression, this broken relationship, this hurt, this pain, this doubt. You don't know why it happened like this. Whatever you have, if you got something that's unwanted, I got good news for you. God don't want you to have it neither, and he's got a solution, and it's called the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's going to burn it away. He's going to burn it away. He's going to burn it up. Come on, you want that out of your life right now? You want some purging to happen? Lift your hands to him right now in this place. Jesus. 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 Jesus, take us deeper. Take us deeper in our faith, oh God. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray over every person in this church that needs to be filled with your Holy Spirit. Jesus, just as you sent your disciples to wait for it for 10 days, over the next three weeks, God, we're going to wait for the presence of of your Holy Spirit. Every person here that needs to be filled and refilled, Father, you can fill them today, you can fill them even tomorrow, and Lord, your will be done. But God, I pray, Father, that you would build an expectation over every hand that's up. If you need more of the Holy Spirit, lift your hand to him. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If this is your message today, lift those hands up to him today, right now, because I'm going to pray over you. Father, with every uplifted hand in this place, that's saying, I need this baptism. I need this Holy Spirit to burn and thoroughly clean me out, to bring me into the barn, bring me closer to you, and to purge me from all that is unwanted in my life.
that desire, that hunger, that thirst, oh God, that we would be hungry for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We would be a people that is filled with the Holy Spirit, with the gifts of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit and the presence of your Spirit every day in our lives, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.